You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Thank you, team, and thank you guys for leading us. Give it up for our team for just leading us. You can feel the presence of God in here, amen? His presence is here. I want to welcome those watching online. Uh, we love you and so glad you're with us tonight. And those that are here, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. And, uh, and uh, it is amazing. Those in the darkness, those in the light. No, I'm just joking. Um, the dark side of the room. But we're all here. We're all in this place. And I just want to uh, thank our community thank our lead team, uh, thank um, each of you that have reached out to me in this past couple months. Uh, some of you know that my dad went to be with Jesus January 19th, and uh, that has been really hard, and that's been a season of grieving, and I'm just thankful, thankful for um, the messages, the kind notes, the texts, the skip the dishes, uh, all the things that so many great people did. And just thank you as a community for your prayers. Uh, thank you to the lead team that at the last resurgence they were here leading and I could just sit and didn't have to do anything. And so they just said, don't even come. We got it. And so I'm just thankful for that and thankful for you. And uh, tonight there's a weight of God's presence in this room. I sense that really strongly. And as I prepared for tonight, I just sensed his presence so strong. Um, he wants to take us into a deeper understanding and revelation of him. And in a moment, I want to pray before I get into God's word. But I, I just want to say that and declare that um, there's something very significant about tonight. I feel that weight on it. I feel... Um, there's messages, there's times in God's presence, there's times over the years that you're like, this is going to be significant. But I, I don't know how to tell you this in the spirit, what I, what I sense, those watching online, it's not an accident. There's something that he wants to do. We live in a season right now that is unprecedented, that is, that is crazy in every sense of the word crazy, um, but I believe that God wants to move. And he wants to do something. And so um, I, just, I, I just want us to, could you just put your hands out in front of you like you're going to receive something um, just with expectation? And uh, God, we just thank you. It's you who speak to us. It's not my words. It's not a ministry. It's you. This is you. This is all about you. And so we're here tonight to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We thank you that your presence is in this room. We thank you that your presence is going now to every home and every computer and every uh, phone that's open right now that has YouTube or Facebook on it. God, I, I thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight. And we give you full access, full ability, full realm to do everything that you want to do. Break every bit of darkness that needs to come off us. Break every lie in Jesus' name. I thank you there's an anointing of the presence of God that changes lives forever in this place and in this service tonight. I thank you that there's an anointing. There is the oil of your glory. There is presence here tonight. There is presence where miracles can happen. That this is a house of miracles as we sang earlier. And I thank you that we declare your word tonight. And when we declare your word stuff happens in your word because the word isn't just words on a page but it's an invitation it's a door it's a it's an invitation to an encounter to an experience of you so we thank you 
We just welcome you. Past all the junk, past all the things that we're facing right now, we welcome you. We give you full access to our heart, to our mind, to our body tonight. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. As I uh, prayed for tonight, I want to share a thought called great expectations. Great expectations. And um, I want to talk about expectations. What we're expecting. <laughs> what are we expecting? Are we expecting? Are we expecting the right things? How do we know we're expecting the right things? Uh, when I looked up the word expectation, I, I saw the definition, the strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Or a belief that someone will or should achieve something. Let me set the context of where I want to go tonight. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years. For 400 years, there was silence. For 400 years, there was no voice of God. For 400 years, there was no prophet. For 400 years, God was silent. There was silence. Malachi spoke the words, Malachi, the Italian prophet. Um, he spoke these words, and then it was silent. And then all of a sudden, the New Testament comes on the scene. And the Gospels are an account of that silence being shattered. They're an account of silence ending. In Luke 1, we read the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is married to Elizabeth. The Bible says this, that they were both very old. Everybody say very. Very. They were very old. They weren't just old. They were very old. You don't refer to people these days as, hey, you're very old. Or you'll get hit, slapped, and deep with a cane. No, I don't know. But you don't do that. And so Elizabeth could not conceive a child, so they were childless, the bands. And one day, the leaders are praying outside of the temple, and it was Zechariah's turn for priestly duties. And so he was the guy to do the duties. He, he got the, the casting of the lot to go and burn some incense in the temple. He would go do the prayers, the rituals, and then he would have to come out and address the crowd that's outside. It was his day. And, and I wonder if that day felt any different to him. If he's like, okay, I'm going to do my priestly duties. And, and he didn't know, like, is this going to be the day that God, after 400 years, after generation, after generation, after generation, God decided that day to show up. And in Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bibles or it's on the screen, we're going to read. It says here, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will be, I, I bet he was like, which prayer? I forgot about that prayer. I'm very old. Like, that prayer expired. You know, like, there was an expiry date on that one. He had to like, I got which prayer? Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people Israel of Israel to the Lord their God. 
and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elisha to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make people ready, prepared for the Lord. So we have this angel that shows up on the right side of the altar. Zechariah and Elizabeth were ordinary people. They actually were from somewhere else. They were coming to do priestly duties. They weren't influencers. They were normal people. And God shows up unexpectedly to them with an angel shows up. And Zechariah is startled with fear. It was not expected. He's been faithful. He's been devout. He's been obedient. He's been serving. But this was unexpected. He wasn't expecting God to speak. He wasn't expecting an encounter with God that day. And the angel says, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. You'll have a son. You'll have John. So God breaks his silence of 400 years, coming in an unexpected way to tell a father that his wife's going to be expecting. God ended his silence with a birth. Elizabeth, who was very old, had her baby. See, Zechariah then questioned the angel, and this is before that, sorry, she didn't have her baby yet, but she was going to have her baby. She was with baby. And Zechariah's like, uh, um, God, like, I'm going outside to the people, and they have expectations on me, like I'm the, doing the priestly duties today, and I'm supposed to tell them what the Lord, you know, like give a nice prayer, what do I say? And that's funny, the Bible's like, God just actually shuts him up. God silences him until the birth of the son. And he says this, so that his words may come true at their appointed time. You know, there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of um, opinion in this moment that we live in. There's a lot of disunity, there's a lot of expectation to speak, can I say, to comment, to post, to rant, to um, all of these things. I, I think there's also an opportunity to listen long and be slow to speak. We can say many things and we can have many opinions, but I think God's saying, what's the Father doing? What, what, should, we, what should we say? What the Father's saying. And I think it's, it's wise for us to have wisdom like the sons of Issachar that knew the time and the season of when to speak and how to speak. See, what's the Father asking me to do? There's, there's reproach in, in, in timing. There's approach in timing. There's approach in wisdom. We can say a lot of things. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. What's the thing that God's called us in this season? And if we say something, will it get us off of our mission? See, maybe he knew Zechariah would have issues, um, and he's like, um, okay, we're just going to put some spiritual mouth tape on you. <laughs> You're not speaking. And, you know, like something like that. I don't know, but he shut him up. See, God comes in this unexpected way to declare someone is expecting. And then he's silent, and the Bible says that Luke, Luke in the Bible continues on doesn't stop here. Now we have Mary. He talks about the story of Mary. Here's Mary filled with her life. 
She was pledged to the man Joseph. They had their showers planned. They had, their, um, had her life planned out. She knew when she would have her children. She, she figured someday Joseph and I will afford her own home. All planned in her head. She had her life plan. Joseph had his life plan. He found the, to, to be a husband, and then they were going to have kids, and there was all these hopes and these dreams and these ex everything. Tells Mary, you're favored of God. And here's Mary's response. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found faith. The Lord God will give him will never end. How will this be, Mary? Asked the angel. The only one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even the... For no word from God will ever, to me, be fulfilled. You had expectations. You had of you. You were now expecting. Mm-hmm. On the strength of God. Travis, why... You know, in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of 2021, when we're locked in, quarantined in, socially deprived, fatigued, confused, goalposts in the news, and tired of disunity in the church, just not able to see our friends. But some of the things that we, natural norms. And so there's these expect, all these people have put on us things that we, all these expectations to do that, to make a difference, to do something. Five, the overflow of the... Are they his or this two? Highlight reels of people. They are. The difference pandemic, I think, has made it worse. But now there's a lot less to do. They had these expectations for their life. Directory for their entire lives changed. Of these lives. Had a baby. Jesus. And had to... Will we let God change our expectations? Can I let go and can I let God? How tight do we hold to our plans? How tight do we hold to the things that, that he's given or that we have in our mind? And then, how, and then when he calls us to something, are we willing to let go and let God? You know... I think the key to Mary, Elizabeth, and Zechariah, as I see in Scripture, is they believed his word. They believed the word. They were devout. They were righteous in spirit, the Bible says. Their hearts were after his. They believed the word to be true. I love when Mary asks how her life will change and how this will actually happen. She's like, well, how will this happen? And here's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Everybody say overshadow. overshadow. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Then he gives her this word of knowledge and says Elizabeth is pregnant. Six months pregnant actually. Holy Spirit, we need to be overshadowed by you. You're bigger than us. We need to be enveloped by you. We need to be overshadowed by you. I love that image of that. I think it, spend, it, it stems to identity. It's not my identity, but his. I think expectations are linked to our identity. Looking good can be sometimes more important than knowing that we're good in God's sight. And we have this pressure to do all these things. We can have this independent spirit. We can be expectant on us rather than him. 
If our expectations are about us, if, if they're about us, then what happens is our past experiences that we have, say we have hurt or say we have rejection, what happens is we actually set the bar really low. Because I don't want to believe again that he wants to do something greater in me. Because last time something happened or I got hurt or I got dumped or I got whatever. And I don't want to set the bar too high. So I'll just believe for a little bit. Because I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to get rejected again. I don't want to be lied to again. I, I don't want that again. So I, I won't believe. I won't have hope for a better day. I won't think of more. I won't think that my life is as valuable as it is because I, I've been hurt before. And so we lower expectations because we think, well, we can meet those expectations. But God wants us to have a greater expectation. He wants to put a seed in our hearts tonight. That's not an expectation of man. It's not an expectation of a good idea. It's not an expectation of our own plans. But it's what the Spirit of God would birth tonight in each one of us. See, God wants to birth and plant a seed inside of us. That he wants to grow and he wants to water and see come to fullness. See, I can believe the lies that God isn't good and, and then I don't get my hopes up anymore. I don't expect anything anymore. I come into a service I'm not really expecting. I, I, I go through life not really expecting, not really hoping. Because I was hurt. It didn't work out last time. So why, why dream again? Why plan again? You know, when I was uh, young, I loved, uh, I loved dirt bikes. I loved go-karts. I bugged my parents to buy a go-kart. I wanted to buy a go-kart. A Monaco go-kart, I think it was called. I had the brochures. I had, it was like... $4,500. I didn't get it. I circled it. I, I mean, I had all the brochures. I had the different kinds. I, I researched them. I'm like, oh, Dad, I want this go-kart. Mom, I want this go-kart. I bugged them for like weeks straight. I loved dirt bikes. I ZR50. I really loved it. A Honda dirt bike. It was awesome. And I loved going on it. And I loved sledding, snowmobiling. And so, but we didn't have a snowmobile. So I bugged my dad. I'm like, I want to go sledding. I want to go sledding. So finally, he's like, okay, there's a Saturday open in two weeks. I'll rent a snowmobile. I was pumped. We went to Riverside, I think in St. Albert. We drove in there. We rented a sled. Um, it was like a new one. It was awesome. I was probably like 13 or 14. I was so pumped. We got the sled. We get in the back of my dad's F-150, um, we drive, we, we get to the farm, we unload it. Just before we we're going to unload it, we start it to kind of back it off the truck, and it would not start. Here I'm like 13, 14, I'm just like, okay, I'm so excited. It wouldn't start. So we like choked it. We did all the things. We like checked the spark plugs, it wouldn't start. So we like gave it, we, we choked it a bit more. We're like, well, maybe we flooded it, you know. It was all, that, so we're going through, we're trying to figure it out. Spending like an hour goes by, still doesn't start. Two hours go by, still doesn't start. I just want to sled. I've been looking forward to this moment to sled, and now I can't sled. I was so ticked. And I was like, okay, let's get it started. Let's try it. We kept trying and trying. So finally we had this bright idea. Well, let's get it off the truck, which they're really heavy. Somehow we got it off the trunk, truck onto a snowbank, which was a really bad idea. Because we thought, well, maybe it was just like, because it started like two hours ago. So there's no reason why it shouldn't start. It's brand new. So we get it off. Still doesn't start. 
then we have to find a way to get it back onto the truck without driving it. And so four hours go by, and I'm like, Dad, let's go back to St. Albert. Let's go and take it back and get another one. And he's like, it's like 4 o'clock. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I was just like so disappointed. And we drove back, and it wasn't his fault. It was just it didn't start. And I remember after that moment, I started to doubt good things. I started to, there was a trip coming up, or we were going uh, dirt biking, or we borrowed my uncle's snowmobile, and I didn't want to get excited about it because I was scared that it wasn't going to work out. Because I was so disappointed. I had so much like, oh, I just, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get too excited because that really sucked last time. And I think that's how we do it in life sometimes. And I believe God wants to break expectations that are incorrect tonight. I think sometimes we can self-sabotage good things. We, we can speak over it because we've been rejected before. Because we get a dream and we're like, well, that will never happen. Before it even gets a chance to germinate. We, we, we cut it off. We try to end it. We try to, all these things. But he wants to break lies over us tonight. He wants to shift expectations tonight. That our hearts would be set, that in our hearts tonight, in our bellies tonight, would be the expectations of heaven over us. See, what about being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that that overshadowed means enveloped by the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I need to be enveloped by the glory of God. I need to be enveloped. Mary packs her bags after this encounter. She hurries over to Elizabeth. The Bible says this, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. And she says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So baby in one womb leaps because another expecting mother walks into the room. That's what happens. There's something about getting around life that stirs one. When you're around babies and new life, it's exciting and they're cute and they go goo goo gaga and they spit up on you. But it is amazing. And it brings joy and life and you see the, 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 the freshness of their skin and you see how beautiful they are and how they were made in God's image. See, there's something incredible about being around life. We have expecting getting around expecting. I think that's the importance of the church. I'm not talking about the building of the church. I'm talking about the people of the church. In this season, we've been separated to homes and to places. But here's the thing I want to say. We need to be around and connected to people. I need to be around expecting people. I need to be peop around people that are expecting the things of God for their life. Why? Because in my expectation, my belly leaps. 
because it, it does something to be around life. It does something to be around people that are going after the dream of God for them. It does something to be in an atmosphere where God is moving. I don't care if it's on Zoom or YouTube or WhatsApp or on the phone or on FaceTime. I don't really care. But don't neglect the, the fellowship of saints. It doesn't matter how it is. Just do it. I believe you need to be around people in this season that sharpen you, that, that, that bring out the best in you, that call the dream and the destiny and the hope out of you. That, that's what we need. We need to be around life, not by ourselves, but listen, we're doing life together and God has a dream for you and God has a dream for you and God has a purpose and God has a seed. But when we're together, the bellies start leaping. There's the, the, the womb start leaping with joy. The Holy Spirit starts moving. Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm excited. Is it just me? Like, I'm excited. You're watching online. Listen, you're not separate or second. The Holy Spirit can move right now online where you're at. And I just believe that that's what resurgence is about. It's about getting around other people, whether it's online or whether it's an Instagram poster. I don't really care, but it's getting around other people that are going after God. It's getting around other pregnant people that have something in their belly. Some don't even know what it is. Some don't even know what it could be. But listen, when we're together, we stir it up. We encourage one another. See, what I love about Elizabeth and Mary in this story is they're not threatened by each other. And that's really rare. The, the one mother doesn't come in and say, uh, you posted your announcement two hours before mine. I was going to make the big splash, and you did it before me. I'm very upset. There was none of that. There was none of this jealousy. There was none of this comparison. There was none of this insecurity. There was joy of the Holy Spirit. Because they were both expecting. God ended 400 years of silence coming in an unexpected way to put a dream of, of, of humanity to for John the forerunner, but then Jesus who's going to come. He ended 400 years of silence putting two expectant mothers together. He came in an unexpected way. See... God ends silence with bursts. In the middle of a pandemic, can I declare, God is speaking. And I believe God wants to end if you felt silent in this season, like God has been silent in your life. You're like, where's God's voice? I'm not sure I even believe. I, I believed as a kid, or I, I went to Christian school, or I, whatever. I grew up going to youth group, or I, but I'm not sure where God is right now. I want to tell you, God is not silent. I believe it's not an accident you're listening tonight. I believe it's not a coincidence you're in this room tonight because I believe the voice of God wants to break his silence tonight and to put a seed in your heart tonight, a seed of faith in your heart tonight. See, we're all carrying something. What are you pregnant with tonight? What are you expecting? What's in your belly today? I think if you're carrying fear, its child will be anxiety. See, we're all carrying something. We're all expecting something. If you're expecting bad things, you're going to get bad things. Matthew 7.20 says this, all it takes is a mustard seed of faith. I was going to pick up some mustard seeds, but here's the reality. You wouldn't see the mustard seed from wherever you're sitting in this place. Because if you've seen a mustard seed, it's like microscopic. 
Even Yari wouldn't see it from here. Well, he's got pretty good eyes, okay. <laughs> but it's so small. And it's so minute. See, faith is a security in his goodness and mercy. It's a he who started the good work in me. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure when it's going to happen. But I have an expectation that the God of the impossible is going to work on my behalf. See, that's what faith is. Faith is a, that little seed that, that seems impossible, so minute, but there's impossibility that comes from it. That's faith. And all we need is that little seed. It's not the natural that manifested. It's the supernatural. God's not a God of the natural. He's a God of the supernatural. He's a God where there's an anointing. And there's oil in this place tonight. There's an anointing. And, and I sense it so strongly tonight. And I, I want to declare this. There is an expectation that God wants to put in your heart tonight for what he wants to do tonight. Not tomorrow, not three days later, but there's something he wants to birth in hearts tonight. There's a seed that he wants to plant in every one of us tonight. See, when we get around people that are expecting, it stirs our faith. Um, faith is an expectation, a confident assurance that a negative circumstance doesn't hold the potential to hold you back. That God has a potential to produce great purpose. See, faith is an expectance. It's, it's something that is out of sequence to logic. It doesn't add up. See, God lives outside a linear time. Hope means a joyful, confident expectation of his goodness. See, but if yet, if you have hope deferred, the Bible says it'll make your heart sick. Proverbs 13, 12 says, it goes on to say this, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. 400 years of silence are ended, and John the Baptist comes on the scene and caused a stir. Why? Because a dream is a forerunner for what God wants to do. Every dream, every seed that God puts in our hearts isn't just about us, but it's a forerunner for what God wants to do through someone else. If God gives you a dream and God gives you a, a destiny and a purpose, listen, it prophesies to somebody else who doesn't have it that it can happen for them. And John came as a seed, as a forerunner, that, that Jesus was coming next. That there was hope, there was purpose, there was, and he, and he preached this. You know, Zechariah, who couldn't talk since he had his encounter, he gets his voice back when they name the boy John. And the Bible says this immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. There was a wonder in the people with what happened with the birth of John. Tonight, I'm excited and I'm preaching with passion and, I'm, and I feel it tonight. There's a spirit of God is in this place tonight. But I need to tell you that I'm not preaching out of Travis tonight. This isn't my own strength tonight. I know that for a fact. I know... Um, 
This has been a really hard season. Probably the hardest season that I can remember in my life. These past few months have been really hard. And, um, but I know that he planted a seed in me a long time ago. And that if we're obedient and if we're faithful and if we keep on going even when we don't feel like it sometimes, God keeps his word. God waters the seed. God keeps the seed from being plucked out. If, if we get around people that are doing great things, it brings out that, that faith in us. Sometimes when we're down, we need to be around people that call it out of us because we can't see it in ourselves. And when we go through hard seasons, we need others around. And in this last few months, I've been asking God just what's his key because to be honest, it's been hard. And there's been days after the loss of my dad has been, I've been pretty numb. Not really wanting to move on too much. And if there's something that God's given me in this season, it's the word thankfulness. It's the word thankfulness. I believe it's a key. And I believe God has just given to me that, given that to me so clearly. And um, I shared this at the funeral of my dad. But in the last season of my dad's life, my dad started to suffer with dementia. Alzheimer's, to be exact. And in that last season and going through this season of, that li of his life, I was just so grieved in my heart because it was this slow decline. And I remember speaking to a friend after church one day, and she said, what is God saying to your dad in this season? What's he teaching your dad? I'm like, teaching my dad. My dad's a teacher. My dad teach me lessons. Like, I, 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 God's teaching him. And I went home, and I prayed, and I'm like, God is teaching him, but I don't know what God's teaching him. And I racked my brain. I tried to figure it out. And so one day, I'm driving him, this weird reversal of roles, and we're going to the eco station. And as we're driving in his red truck, and I'm driving, I said, Dad, what's God saying to you in this season? And my dad immediately just start praising God. He lifts both hands, and he starts just praising, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. He just start worshiping the Lord. And I said, God, Dad, God's giving you thankfulness. You're thankful. He said, oh, I'm really thankful. I'm thankful every day. And I remembered that so clearly, and it stuck out so clearly to me. And every time after I saw him, there was a softness. I mean, there was always a softness to the Lord, but there was a thankfulness in his heart. There was tears generally almost every time I, I would visit and leave because there was a softness there. And as I sat, fast forward the last few weeks in the great chair in my house, not feeling a lot of motivation, to be honest, feeling very numb and not wanting life to move on and life's moving on. I started to pray, and I just asked God, I, God, I don't even know where to start. I, I don't know what to do today. I don't feel like doing anything. And I just felt this prompting, what did your dad teach you? Be thankful. And so I would just start to be thankful for small things. 
God, I'm thankful that we could have a funeral for my dad in a pandemic and my family was there and nobody got sick and it worked out on Zoom and hundreds of people watched. I'm thankful. Like little things. I would just find little things every day. Just thankful. Just being thankful. It was simple things. It was things that most people probably be like, why are you thankful for that? Because God gave them to me and I'm thankful. And I praised him. And, and, and I can't tell you I'm on the other side. It's a journey. I think I'll always be on the journey of grief. But here's the thing that grief and um, thanks can coexist. And we fail sometimes in grief to see God at work or feel his presence. But I, I believe that in grief, I can remember what my dad taught. I can remember that spirit of thankfulness. I remember, you know, last month coming to Resurgence. The team's leading. I came late. Thankfully, they're like, hey, we'll take care of the stream. We'll do everything. You just come. And I came here, and I, I came to prayer, and I was like, okay. And I came over here, and I was just like, I don't know. Sometimes you just want to jet. <laughs> Something in me just wanted to run out of there. I said, Jess, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't know what I said to you, but I'm like, I want to jet. I want to leave. I'm out. And you're like, she's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just, this is too much, too quick. I just want to, I just want to be numb. I just, I don't want to like move on. And she turned in, in her sweet way, but also um, with some spice said, <laughs> your dad died, but you didn't die. And I was like, yeah, true point. <laughs> and so Karis got up, they start leading worship and I just begin to worship. Didn't feel like it. And all of a sudden, I could feel his presence, and I thought, oh, I wanna, there's no other place I'd rather be than right here. There's no other place. As I began to thank God, he began to meet me. See, God meets us in our grief. And I don't just share that to share all of this about grief, about my grief, but God is in the grief. And I'm going to say we all experience grief this year, whether you realized it or not. 2020, 2021, we've, we've saw a whole year has gone by of a pandemic. And, and I don't know what you look at at it, but there are things that you have missed out on in this year. There are lost experiences. There are lost opportunities. There are lost things. And it's grief. And we're grieving that. We're grieving the loss of expectations we had for 2020. And then we hit 2021 and we're like, how do you have expectations? How do you plan the goalposts move? All, all these things, we don't know what tomorrow all holds. But here's the thing. Um, Psalm 84 verse 6 says, When they walk through the valley of Baca, which means tears, there will be refreshing springs. See, in the valley of loss comes opportunity. I, I just know I was made to fulfill great things for God. I just know that you were made to fulfill great things for God. You may feel grief. You may feel hardship. There may be lost relationships or lost opportunities or lost jobs or lost all of these things that coulda, woulda, shoulda. 
But God is still God. God is still on the throne. And God has still called you. There is hope. And there's a seed that he's planting. And there's a frustration and there's a cloud in some of you tonight. Some of you watching online, you're just frustrated. And it seems hopeless and despair. There's a breakthrough tonight. There's a breakthrough of your mind tonight. It starts in your mind and your heart tonight. He, he wants to break through. And, you know, uh, the Bible says that Zechariah, after praising God, then he prophesies over his son. He goes into prophecy. And then John the Baptist goes on to preach. And we know the story. He's in the wilderness preaching that Jesus is coming. And in Luke 3.15 the people come to see John the Baptist. And the people were waiting expectantly. One version of the Bible says that the people were on tiptoe anticipation for what God would do. Tiptoe anticipation. I don't know what that looks like. But are you on tiptoe anticipation tonight? I feel like I have high heels on. I'm out. Um, but tiptoe anticipation of what God would do. See, there's something about hunger and there's something about faith. Over the years in ministry, I can tell you there are moments in services, moments in meetings where there's a hunger, where there's an electricity I can't tell you about, I can't describe to you, but it's an atmosphere where miracles happen. There's something that happens when people are hungry, when people are expecting on God, when that faith, that little seed gets activated and people are, are expecting God to do something. They're not just showing up to consume, but they're showing up because God's going to move. You know, that's why these old revivals, if you read, they had testimony time. Why? They would share the testimonies of what's God doing. So it would prophesy uh, uh, what Jesus is going to do in the room that night. They would speak a healing, 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 and then all of a sudden people would start getting healed en masse. Why? Because it, start, it was that expectant people all together and something happened in the room. It was like popcorn, boom, boom, boom. It happened all across the room. And there are times in ministry where you have such a hunger and expectancy. That's our heart. That's our prayer for resurgence. So I, I just want to ask you, I, I want to say to our community, it's time to lift the hunger and expectancy in our hearts. That every resurgence, every moment that you have in the presence of God, even by yourself, every Zoom call you make with your friends just to hang out, don't neglect the moment of expectancy that God can use you, God can move in you and through you and do something that you can't do in your own strength. Because it's not on our own strength. This, this spirit that I feel tonight is not on Travis's strength. But it's on the strength of God. God makes all things possible. When we are weak, he is strong. And there's something that God wants to do tonight in this place to shift hunger. See, in Acts 3 to 5, the lame beggar expected to receive something, the Bible said. Peter and John said, no, we don't have money, but here, take our hand, get up and walk. And he was healed. See, John the Baptist, the son that Elizabeth would birth, was the forerunner for what God wanted to do on the earth. Can I say the dream, the promise, the seed that God wants to plant in you today is a forerunner for what God wants to do in this nation and the nations of the world. God wants to birth something tonight in every single one of us. 
He wants to plant a seed of faith. He wants to plant a seed of hope. He wants to plant a seed of joy tonight. See, every idea from heaven, every business idea, every art work, every influencing idea, every invention, every book, every song is something that God puts in our heart for such a time as this. And it's not about us. It's about being a forerunner to point to Jesus. It's not for our glory. It's not for our edification. It's not for our, it's for him. And God wants to birth things. 1 John 3, 2 says, It does not appear what it can be. What we will be has not been made yet known. I love that. Let me say that again. What we will be has not been made known. What you will be has not, may, yet, has not yet be made known. Do you believe that tonight? The expectancy. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe there's expectations that haven't been met. Maybe God feels silent tonight. But I believe tonight he wants to send that silence and that silence in birthing a seed in every one of us. To have a seed of hope. See, expectation is a process. It doesn't happen overnight takes watering, takes his presence, it takes his light on it. A seed takes time. But sometimes we can cut that process short because we don't want it, and we abort the dream that God wants to do in us. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed, everybody say stayed, stayed. on you. Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. I love that. You keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. So when our mind is stayed, we have perfect peace. But how do we stay our mind? Trust. Trust in the Lord. It's trust. Karis, can I ask you to come and play? And we're going to land. But I just, um, I'm thinking of the story of Gideon. And Gideon was in a wine press crushing wheat, hidden, quarantined, (laughs) in fear, scared to crush wheat where he should be crushing wheat, but he had to do it in the wine press because he was afraid. And the angel of the Lord unexpectedly again shows up. And God shows up and this angel shows up in Judges 6 and says, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon. And he does the old, pardon me, I'm a mighty what? But in the end, He ended up trusting God. He ended up trusting God, a God that saw a seed in him of a mighty warrior. He didn't feel like a mighty warrior. He didn't feel like it. But God called out that seed, and that seed ended up seeing great victory. You might not feel like a mighty warrior tonight. But God calls out the potential in us. God calls out the purpose in us.
When Jesus came to the temple for the first time, Simeon was a righteous, devout man, expecting to meet Jesus before he died. And he says, I have seen a light of revelation when he saw the word that he held on to for years come to pass. What is the seed of expectancy growing in you? The Bible says it will move mountains. A seed will move mountains. What seed are you giving light and water to? What seed has been planted by the enemy that you need to remove tonight and ask him to remove from your heart tonight? I want every head bowed and eyes closed in this place. Sometimes we can be beating ourselves up. Expectations that we had, expectations of others, expectations of man or good intentioned people, or expectations that we don't even realize have governed and suffocated us. Like we should be this by a certain age and we should have all this. God wants to break all of that tonight. Where you feel God has been silent, tonight he's ending the silence with the birth of something new. He's putting an expectation. And if you're in this place, God wants to come and maybe it's a long time that you've talked to him. Maybe it's a long time. Maybe you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You know about him and maybe you once did know him, but tonight with no one looking around, you'd say, Travis, I, tonight, if it were to all end, I don't think I'm right with God tonight. See, salvation is that seed. If we believe, he will come and into our hearts. It's the first step into believing our potential, into believing, birthing something new. And it's a gift. It's not rules. It's a love. It's a love of a God that wants to come. And maybe you need to get right with God. Maybe you need to find God for the first time tonight. But in a moment, I'm going to count to three. No one's looking around. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. One. Two. If you're thinking right now, that, that could be me. That's the Holy Spirit overshadowing you, coming over you tonight, speaking to you tonight. He's prompting your heart. Tonight's your night. You're watching online. If that's you, raise your hand on three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. I want us to all pray this prayer. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Come be the Lord of my life. Set me free right now from every demonic attack, from everything that is not of you. I thank you. I'm a new creation. I receive your forgiveness tonight. I receive your love tonight. I receive your hope tonight. I receive your healing tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you from this moment on 
I'm your son or daughter, whatever you are. Amen. Keep your eyes closed in this place. And I just, this afternoon I had this picture and I want you to think of your net worth. With your eyes closed, how much money, if you were to sell it all, how much you'd be worth, your net worth. Just think of that number, whatever it is. Got debt, all those things. And now I want you to think something else. Just Now I want you to get bigger than just your net worth, your money. I want to think, think about your worth. How much are you worth? With your money, but also all that other stuff. Your value. Who you are as a son or a daughter. Who you are as a person. And I want you to just think of that. What am I worth? What am I really worth? And as you think of that, I just sense the presence of God wants to come. And he wants you to just look at that and keep zooming out and see the love of the Father and see how much he sees of you because every picture that you have of your value, of your worth, pales in comprehension to how valuable you are. And I just see him zooming out, like almost like on a globe on Google Maps. And he's zooming out, and he's zooming out, and he's zooming out. And he says, you're worth even more than you saw. And you thought you were this little circle, but you're bigger, you're bigger, you're bigger. And you're zooming out, and you see how much he loves you. And how much you're worth. And I just sense right now there's a revelation in this place of the Father's love. And there's times you've sold yourself short, you've belittled yourself, you've expected less than what you're worth. And right now, Jesus is coming. Some of you are going to have visions right now, I see it, of just him coming and just fixing your eyes on him to show you how much you're worth. Jesus. Just keep focused on him. His presence is in this place. Just break suicide off, people. I break thoughts of, of just terrible things. Fear, I break you off in Jesus' name. I break every lie off in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. I just speak right now. Every lie that we believe that's not of you, we rip it out right now. Every seed that's germinating in every heart, we rip it out right now. We just rip that seed out right now. And we just declare your spirit to come and to fill that lie with truth tonight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.